Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Big Dumb Increase, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 67th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have... Bigfoot Anon, Mr. Connor Flynn. He is an author, researcher, and podcaster. How's it going today, bro? Oh, I am doing magical. I had a cool day at work, talked to some paranormal witnesses, uh, watched some wild movies, and then uh, actually did a wild podcast right after work, and then the stars aligned uh, for us to be right here talking about more strange stuff. Hell yeah, bro. Can't wait to get into it. Cause like, yeah, like you were saying, man, we bounced around for a bit. So it just, the anticipation makes that makes the show that much more exciting to finally do, you know? Oh, for sure, man. And someone to be from the Midwest, like you, man, it's, I've been on the road a long time, bro. So it's nice to see a bro from the great lakes, you know, what's up, dude. And I'd never find podcasters from over here. It's all like East coast, West coast, uh, Texas, Florida, like nobody's from this area, bro. I've met like two people, not even in person yet. That, that are from like this area, dude. So it's always nice to expand and know that now I got three people that are from this area. Yeah, yeah. And I do have one bro named Chad Smith that he's from uh, North Michigan. I'm definitely going to get him up with you because 
uh, he's already up the same alley and lanes as you. And that'd be so cool uh, for you guys to reunite. And now that I'm thinking about it, he actually met up with another dude named Big Willie from Spaced Out Radio that uh, both of them voice characters in my new paranormal cartoon that recently came out. Uh, so, yeah, man, it, once you meet them, I can't wait for it. It's just going to be like, whoa, it's really cool when virtual friends, you know, turn into like real life uh, connections as well. Like when you meet up at a conference or camp out, uh, it's, it gets real quick. Dude, and I've been wanting to do some kind of cryptid camp out, too. So maybe if I get to know those two, you know, you come up near, near this area, we can all go uh, dogman hunting or some shit, you know? Oh, a million percent. The peninsula of Michigan is dogman capital. And then Denison uh, in Western Ohio is Dogman Central. Uh, so both of those combinations were right on the state line. I'm down for it, man. Fuck yeah, dude. I would need to go cryptid hunting. I haven't actually gotten a chance to do it. And it's like, it's kind of hard just to be like, hey guys, let's go cryptid hunting. Cause it's like half your friends don't believe in the shit. So it's like, I got to get a solid group of people that full on believe in the shit. And then we can actually go out and do some serious cryptid hunting and not just some like fuck around cryptid hunting. Like, Oh, look at me with the flashlight. while half your friends are just like, ha ha ha. Like, I don't believe in this shit. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely need a serious group because it all starts with energy. My investigations start days before I'm actually out there. And then when we go out as groups, you got to do like energy exercises, like breathing techniques to combine, you know, to combine together. Say you go with four people in a national forest and these creatures say it's like a predator. They, you know, see us with their crazy grid vision. They're going to see four dots. But say we group together and we do some uh, deep breaths and some fast breaths and do humming and then other coordinated stuff like five exercises we might be an energy ball going out in the national forest then so if you're really wanting something to you know be curious of you maybe that's the way uh, and we've done that in the past and had a lot of luck but then we've also done the individual stuff too that way maybe they think they can single one of us out but maybe we're one step ahead you really got to play games with the forest and change up variables and all you can do is just write it down document it move on draw connections and conclusions later and uh then talk to more people from that area and all around and see if there's any correlations so yeah i'm i'm excited i think uh us just speaking of it will manifest and put it in uh to motion and i i already see it happening Hell yeah, dude. And we even got some uh, Bigfoot areas in Michigan, too. So we can cover two two different cryptids in the same state and we can uh, expand up, you know, get into the UP one day and start going after uh, what's the uh, there's like the aquatic um, panther or whatever is like the Native Americans would call it. There's like depictions of it near Lake Superior. Yeah, that's what's so that's what's so cool, because there's actually this very similar stories of these underwater swimming panthers uh, down here in Florida. And my buddy Mark Muncy uh, made that connection. I I don't know if it's I don't think it's quasi cultal, but it's a very, you know, unique Native American term. Uh, but there's actually been sightings all across the world from all these different traditions and cultures and tribes. So it's very cool. And Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, all the Great Lakes are very special. There's no other replication, anything near that anywhere in the world. And they're all connected and they have these deep caves and these salt mines that they talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of UFO sightings. And I know Lake Erie has South Bay Bessie, the big serpent. There was actually a $100,000 uh, bounty on her head after a bunch of fishermen went missing. So every time I was fishing on Rocky River or Lake Erie, and every time my fishing pole bent over on probably a huge catfish or maybe a sturgeon, <laughs> uh, 
it was South Bay Bessie uh, for sure. But now, now that I live down here in Florida, I have so many serpent type creatures around. We have two toed Tom. Uh, it's a 24 foot demon alligator that has killed mule wildlife. Like I always say wildlife, uh, not wildlife, livestock and a, uh, this little girl and the little girl story is really messed up because there was a farmer and there was this huge group of people and they had dynamite and they're trying to take out this creature. And they, they thought it was at one of these ponds and they dynamite blew it up. Everything went everywhere. Fish went in the air and then they hear screaming at the other pond. Sure enough, Tom somehow escaped and it was the little granddaughter. Tom pulled the granddaughter in Lake Placid, primeval. Y'all saw it. You know, yeah. there's no more granddaughter. And that one, you can't even blame Tom. That's the grandfather's fault. You know, should have mm-hmm. had the girl up in the townhouse. But no, she's on the banks of the other one having a picnic, probably. Uh, but yeah, two-toed Tom. I have a lot of funny videos, just me kayaking on the river, warning people. And I'm like, yeah, he likes bright colored kayaks. And they're like, man, <laughs> the, the biggest gator 16 feet. I'm like, look it up. Two-toed Tom, only two toes. And the last time he's been spotted is Boynton Island. And there's a lot of treasure stories at Boynton Island. And I grew up watching Hook. And what was that, you know, crocodile, alligator mm-hmm. protecting? The treasure. Uh, so I think, you know, there's something to it. Uh, but, man, it's just a, r- a really cool story. And, again, I just think uh, my whole path from Ohio to Florida has been mapped out from the stars, you know. And for me to see the Ohio Grassman, the Peninsula Python, the Witch's Ball, Helltown, all up in Ohio, then to live out of my car. Uh, so I get to see so much of the real Florida when I lived in Lakeland. And then now I live in the panhandle of Florida, uh, right in, you know, Skunk Ape Central. So it's just really cool to see just all the varieties of different places. And uh, also just being able to live on the road and couch surfing and being adaptable, uh, really working odd end jobs, umpiring. So, you know, if you got a tournament, <laughs> or a wrestling match that I could referee it and I could show up in my zebra costume, my BA an official. Uh, but yeah, man, I just get it how I live and try to document it in my books, make movies, make some documentaries, uh, meet people and leave a mark. However I can, you know, people might not remember my name or anything I say, uh, but hopefully they remember the feeling they get uh, just experiencing me, you know, not everything is so predictable in this world. Now, nowadays, it's cool to meet people who are true artists and creators and who just get out of their own way. And I'm just letting the wind guide me and uh, seeing where it takes me. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I was going to say you definitely have like a you're a character in a good way. I don't want to say it in like a bad way. So it's like even if you don't remember everything you say, you just got like a presence about you that kind of just like gets people interested, you know. And I mean, speaking of that, since the people I'm sure are interested just because you kind of have a way of talking, man. Um, you're talking about your books and stuff and your podcast. So I guess before we get too far from the beginning and too deep into something, uh, why don't you give people like a rough idea of like what exactly you write about and like what your podcast and stuff's about? Definitely, definitely. Uh, my books are paranormal books, of course. Uh, they're about Bigfoot, strange stories, treasure hunting, Native American mounds, all the connections. Uh, my first book is called Erie Swamps Road Trip to Eden, Lake Erie down to the Florida Swamps. And then the final chapter is the Garden of Eden. Right here in the panhandle, there's the Garden of Eden Trail. There was a documentary made about 50 years ago saying how this may be the biblical Eden. 27 of the 28 trees in the Bible are in this preserve. Uh, Gopher wood, which Noah used to build the ark, the lightest, strongest wood in the world. You can't break it, can only bend it. It's also known as Torea coniferous. And uh, the only place that it grows uh, in this type of weather 
is right here. Two other places, but cold type of weather. Uh, not exotic, you know, not Eden. Uh, but there's also a delta that breaks into four rivers, like the good book says, right here. So a lot of really cool locations. And then inside that Eden uh, stands, you know, Cheesy Pond, where the wild man uh, was captured in 1874. Really cool story. It was on the front page of the New York Times. He was kept at Chattahoochee Hospital for three years, uh, cruel and unusual experiments. Then he passed away. They uh, buried him with a bunch of Native Americans and then put a building on top of him. Uh, it's really crazy story. You know, cheesy pond wild, man. I hope everybody uh, remembers that there's a reason it hasn't been on expedition Bigfoot and finding Bigfoot because the story's too real because they is there photos of it. What was that? Is there photos of him? Uh, there probably are, but not public, you know, gotcha. but they had a whole file on him. You know, they were doing tests on him. They have to have video of the guy, you know, it, it was in the 1800s. So whatever technology that they were allowed to have in those times, but this was worldwide news. So I'm, I'm sure again, scientists from all over the world came to this deep underground military base uh, to do uh, some researching. So yeah, man, it's, it's wild. And I have, footage of where he's buried and some entrances to the underground bunkers uh, a lot of crazy stuff they have tunnels that go all the way to the river uh, but all this is in eden and then Torreya state park is also in eden in this 15 square mile area of this tropical paradise the old edge of the continent uh, but Torreya State Park is where they filmed Finding Bigfoot about a decade ago now uh, after Stacy Brown and his father filmed a nine-foot skunk ape right on the river, right around here. Uh, pretty wild. It's the most famous civilian thermal footage uh, that's out there. And it's been, you know, ran by all the experts. And it's about an eight foot to nine foot creature uh, right here at Torreya State Park. So all that is right in this Eden area, plus a bunch of native mounds, burial uh, circles, a lot of stuff that aligns with the constellations and all the stuff under the dome. Uh, but it's super magical in Eden. So that's my first book, you know, talking about my journey and then how it ends where life began. So it's kind of it's kind of like allegory. It's, it's fun. Uh, then the second book is Big Brother Bigfoot. Uh, that talks about my journey from Canada down to Florida, Ohio to California and everywhere in between uh, hunting down these weird humanoid creatures, Mothman, Dogman. Uh, Mogollon Monster, Skunk Ape, Ohio Grassman, Susquehanna Seal, a bunch of weird stuff out west. A lot of cool stories. Uh, of, of course, there was the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That was probably my favorite story. Uh, that is like a lycanthrope werewolf type creature down in the New Orleans area. Chris Jericho and MK Davis actually made a documentary there. It was really cool to watch that I've been like swimming and fishing in that same area. Uh, but yeah, really, really wild history on all those. And uh, I talk about the history of all those creatures and then my investigation. Third book, Monsters and Mysteries Around the Corner, talks about the monsters and mysteries around the corner. Uh, all the scary stories that are pretty much down the road and on your family tree. Uh, once you start saying strange stuff, people to you uh, with their weird stories, especially me, because I'm pretty open-minded. So people aren't scared that I'm going to judge them. Uh, the fourth book is the one that I most recently wrote was Panhandle Pirates. Uh, and that talks about finding treasure around here and then battling like Kraken like beast. And the Pensacola Serpent is a really sad story. It actually killed four of five divers that were looking at this ship off the Pensacola coast. And uh, then 
a bunch of things been spotted after they call it like a sea dragon. It's like Nessie's uh, cousin, a lot of sightings off the Mississippi mouth. Uh, like eight of these creatures been spotted like 30 foot serpent type creatures. Uh, it's really weird stuff Fuck in yeah, the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, Godzilla called it the apex uh, in the newest movie. And again, Hollywood puts the signs right there. A lot of people believe that there's a UFO base under the water. So, of course, there's going to be serpents and weird dragons uh, attracted to that using their sonar and whale-like being. Uh, but it's just wild story. And then my next book uh, is my fifth and final book uh, of my contract with Beyond the Fray Publishing. Uh, it is Every Camp Has a Crystal Lake. And it's going to be about haunted summer camps, schools, and everything in between that places that are supposed to protect you as a child. And then they shape you into who you are because you have to find yourself. Uh, So a lot of cool stuff. And I think uh, the shelter might be in that book. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's really cool just to, you know, kind of write it down so I could just forget it. You know, all all your memories and all the stuff, you know, is like a little bit of a burden if you want to share it and you don't don't got ways to get it out. So just you don't want to forget it so i just write it down get it out and then i'm I'm able to just reflect on it and that's definitely been a a nice part of my process because i've always been a writer uh writing poems i've written over 500 rap songs probably over 50 uh rock and roll songs since i started playing guitar Uh, so i've always just put words down and uh now uh it's really cool to be published and now i'm writing scripts and screenplays and hopefully you know, seeing him on the screen soon. And that's where it is all aiming towards my, my whole goal of just making movies uh, and just sharing stories too. You know, when I was a hip hop artist, I still am of course, cause I got flow. Uh, but a lot <laughs> of people judged me, you know, that I was trying to, I don't know, act black or trying to be who I wasn't. Uh, but now hopefully they see, and I see definitely for myself, I've confirmed all I was, was a writer, uh, before my time, just trying to express myself. And of course, music is an easy way to express yourself, especially rap music, you know, where you could just set up a mic and record with this setup right here. I'm in the booth. What up? Uh, But, (laughs) you know, that was just a way to share my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts. And I wrote like movies and songs. I have like two albums of just story songs, not even about me, just about weird worlds and stuff. They like most of the rap game will be like, dude, what the heck is this? But I'm like, I'm just creating. Uh, so it's it's funny that it all comes full circle. Uh, some of the family members have, you know, understood who I am now. And others are like, man, it don't matter how how many best selling books he publishes on Amazon. He's still effing crazy. Get him out of here. He ain't welcome at Thanksgiving. Dude, but, honest, uh, honestly, too, dude, it's like you need some kind of voice to get things out, because kind of like you were saying, you just build up so much information in your head. You just need to say it and get it out to somebody. And then like you were saying with your family too, dude, it's one of those things that once you start getting into this community, whether you're on the political side, the cryptid side, the paranormal side, it's almost like hard to interact and be yourself around normal people. You kind of have like your your true self that you can be with like this community and shit. And then you have like your, uh, what do you want to call it? Like your blue pilled self that you kind of just like know to not get into certain conversations with certain people. But it's like you just go around feeling like every conversation is just shallow as shit because you can't get into like the deep stuff, you know? Exactly. I know a lot of people don't really have a choice with me. 
because uh, I'm already on some wild adventure. So that's already like bleeding into the conversation. So uh, all my aunts and uncles that kind of turn their back on me uh, when we do cross paths on holidays, we, we're going to have Grandpa and Pete Paw talking about the skunk ape and all them going to have to deal with it because that's just who I am. I'm just naturally talking about this. Like I'm not scared to say I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in paranormal like out and about like at work. I talk to witnesses. I, that's how I gather information. Uh, so it's cool. But of course, sometimes I'm still the quiet mouse in the room. You know, it's not always like that. You know, every every situation is a different one, of course. Uh, but yeah, they definitely know me as the weird paranormal guy. Uh, but now they kind of understand my journey of like living out of my car and uh, really pushing it to the limit because they see how people see me and they, they understand like, oh, someone's got to be who Connor is. And that's who I'm being. Yeah, dude. And it's like, it's a matter of just understanding the principle that you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing if you didn't do that. But if you don't look at what you're actually trying to do and you look at it from just like a literal sense of like living in and out of your car and going to a bunch of different places, like it's, it's a confusing concept to people. But then you talk to people, explain what you're doing and they realize that you're getting to experience all these awesome places, you're documenting it. And then they realize like how full of a life you're really getting to live. Cause just like that whole traveling concept, dude, not a lot of people get to do it. And whether or not you're going to just see sites for the sake of seeing sites, or you're going there to document stuff. Like it's, it's an awesome journey to be able to have, you know, like not a lot of people get to do it and you're lucky to even get that chance to do it, you know? For sure. For sure. Thank you for even seeing that. Cause you know, that's part, part of it is inspiring others because if I can do it with nothing in my bank account and nothing in the gas tank, then everybody can, you know, just accomplish your dreams and, uh, doing that road trip that was everything was all those movies, easy rider without a paddle, all those movies that are really fun, buddy, buddy system. You know, I drove from Florida to California. I did that. I, I was so proud of myself. Uh, and again, yeah, I, I definitely coordinated paranormal stuff, but the world will provide treasures. And I'm big on like Atlas Obscura, Roadside America, anything that is even odd or wild, I'm down to see it or a filming location. Uh, so yeah, it's just not, you know, I'm not all paranormal. It doesn't all like Connor's the ghost guy. We're going to be with the dowsing rods the whole time. He's going to be looking for skunk. Okay. Like, yeah, naturally we're going to be looking for paranormal stuff, but I also just soak in the sites because this world is enough. You know, I'm, I'm big on the old world, man. You know, the mud flood is hiding a lot and there's ley lines and pressure points of, of mother earth and, uh, there's a there's a lot going on, you know, but so just pretty much like the Grand Canyon, uh, Hoover Dam, even these places in L.A., like the, the hills. It definitely has some significance in the pop culture world, but also in the old world with giants and the Titans and Leviathan. So I, I love just soaking it up. You know, my my mom can be appreciating this museum for her reasons, but I'm appreciating it for mine. So I'll never get in anybody's way, but. I'm uh, I'm all for informing a couple people about uh, the water down the creek. Dude, I've always been into the, like the whole concept that the Americas is actually the old world, though. Like, I dig that you actually dig into that and have some solid evidence behind it because it's like people look at it and they're like, oh, nothing was here. Not even thinking of one, there could have been just a bunch of nomadic cultures that lived here or two, uh, everything was fucking destroyed somehow. Like, cause you go into like the Grand Canyon and they find like weird things inside the caverns all the time to the point where they blocked it off from like the public and shit. Like that just kind of shows that there's something to it. And even if people didn't realize it for a long time, or maybe they did and they're trying to keep it a secret, it's kind of getting to a point now where it's like, 
There's so much information out in the world that it's impossible to keep things a secret. So the way to keep things a secret is to like dilute the information with bullshit information so that you know, you'll ha- go into like an article and there'll be five big facts in it, but only one of those big facts is true. But because the other four are so outrageous, it like discredits that one solid evidence fact. And that's like a matter of controlling the narrative, bro. And you see that shit everywhere. Yeah. And it's crazy when you actually see it because you did the research and you know where the source is. And then you watch the cover up unfold right in front of your eyes. There's been so many times that I'm onto something. And then literally the next day, Twitter's like, back check this was wrong and i'm like dude it's such a sorry cover-up but then it's happening on a wider spread that yeah they cover uh whole ranges that you can't get to in the grand canyon caverns whole mountains that you can't even get to so didn't somebody find egyptian artifacts there too inside of a cavern yeah yeah ancient egyptian artifacts and of course like sumerian tablets and uh that's from you know the first civilization And I think, you know, those people were here already, but then also our being electrons, protons, neutrons, we are particle form 99% of the time, but we could also become wave form. So our being has the ability to be anywhere. Uh, So again, they were vibrating at such a high level and had these crazy tools that who knows, maybe they could have, you know, came from Egypt to there, but definitely this is the old world. America had kings and queens, and they're trying to expect us to worship some politicians. F that. I, I have video and awesome pictures at the Etowah Mounds in Georgia, uh, which there's three huge pyramids. Uh, they all align with summer solstice to winter equinox. There's a bunch of small ones, too, in a semicircle. Uh, and then the Kolomoki Mounds. Uh, well, one second. Let me get back to Etowah Mounds. I was just there after I went to the Tennessee Gatlinburg Conference uh, in I was pulled there, man, because there's a cool article talking about a flood that happened at the Etowah Mounds. So a bunch of the giant bones were just scattered for acres all around there. So literally the place I walked was like giant femurs and skulls and wild, wild stuff. And there's crazy pictures of it. And the ranger said the pictures are fake, but the story's real. Uh, So it's really interesting stuff. Uh, So I I went there to Etowah Mounds and then in Georgia is also the Kolomoki Mounds, which is a huge pyramid. And then there's also a museum inside of one of the burial mound chambers. Uh, so you actually go inside of a mound and like you're inside a mound and it is magical. You feel it in your chest. And, uh, and we meditated in there and definitely, you know, hopefully connected and uh, play, praised honor to our ancestors or the ones who taught our ancestors. Uh, but yeah, man, then the Chattahoochee Mounds, it's one giant central one and then six in a semicircle around it they all align with the you know the art under the dome so yeah i think the old world is right here uh there's definitely something to it and there's all these monoliths and all the all, all the mounds all the tribes they they were taught by somebody you know it was built by somebody uh the natives weren't just tasting roots and you know oh testing it no that that's not good someone taught them someone guided them dude prime example too is like ayahuasca because they took uh mimosa bark and they mixed it with a shrub and there are two plants that weren't anywhere near each other and when you ask like the shamans and stuff how they figured it out they said the plants told them like like nobody's gonna be going around okay so if you don't even know mimosa bark is psychoactive to begin with why are you gonna sit there and try to mix other things with it to see if you can make its psychoactive effects happen like either one, they were told by something 
or two, like they just, they maybe like had something in their ancestry where they knew that this particular bark was psychoactive and they like had to dig and try to find something that would make it come back. Cause maybe it's like, we're looking at that as ancient knowledge, but there's ancient knowledge way before that, that they were trying to rediscover, you know? And it's just yeah. a generational thing that we're trying to rediscover the shit that the old people knew, but redesign it in our way. And that's where you get to like the stones and shit. Like we can't do the stones like they used to do them because they could be totally advanced in a whole different method of thinking that we can't even comprehend because we're tech advanced where they could have been advanced in something completely fucking different than we can even understand, you know? Definitely. I think they used a lot of their mental power, probably because they had just a little stronger brains uh, back in the day. So yeah, I think they manifested a lot and uh, actually levitated stuff uh, with their minds and with voice vibration. If you have a bunch of people you know, humming against a tool, it's going to, you know, work magic. So I definitely think some wild stuff happened here. And if you, if you look at the maps, it's where all the uh, football stadiums are, where all the nuclear plants are, uh, where they talk about the mud flood. A lot was hidden here. And that's one of my, uh, my points of going to new Orleans. Cause I saw a bunch of crazy mud flood pictures from there. So I'm going to actually try to like recreate some of the pictures and see if i could find some of the low bricks uh but i'm big on bricks all the way to the dome our coastlines were once made out of bricks uh something had to hold things together uh but it's it's some wild stuff man i i love like people going into the devil's tree or the devil's tower being an old tree but then some people say it's just the old ankle of a giant you know people say that was a tree stump but some people say nah that was just one ankle of a giant Jack and the Beanstalk, there's lands in the sky, and then The Hobbit, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Jungle Cruise, a million other Disney movies. They all talk about the world underneath our feet. And of course, they taunt us with like Iron Sky when you got Adolf Hitler in Middle Earth uh, riding a freaking T-Rex where, you know, it's laughable, but honestly, it's onto something, you know, Hitler mm -hmm. definitely escaped. He didn't, you know, he didn't end his own life. Abraham Lincoln, I don't think he was dumb enough to go to the Ford's theater and be assassinated. I'm pretty sure that was all staged. There's a lot to all of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, just why I bring that up, because we we did an eighth grade trip there and the place is really haunted. And uh, I, I'm on it now that I think Abraham Lincoln is still alive today. Dude, going into Abraham Lincoln, though, like one, think about how easy it would have been to fake your death back in that time because there wasn't cameras everywhere. There wasn't surveillance. Um, if you shot somebody in the back of their head and theoretically their face exploded, like there's no way to, they didn't have DNA testing. They have any of that shit. It would have been so fucking easy to fake your death, but you got me, got me interested now. What's your uh, theory on Abraham Lincoln? If you believe that he's still alive, do you like, what's how, where does the immortality factor come in there? Down in middle earth, you know, fountain of youth. And a lot of people believe the fountain of youth was down here in Florida. Uh, so that even connects to the skunk ape theories. A lot of people say that might have been Ponce de Leon and his tribe of people that ended up finding the fountain of youth. And now they just live in the forest. But I believe down, of course, in middle earth or these sacred lands, maybe these lost islands, uh, maybe they're eating fruit or living a little pure. Uh, that they could still, you know, prolong their life. Of course, I'm having a little fun saying Abraham Lincoln because he's <laughs> definitely old. But hey, maybe if he was bitten by one of those vampires, he's still alive as well, too. There's roots to everything. It's not like they just like, oh, yeah, vampires, Abraham. No, there was actually stories that he was hunting down these weird creatures. 
So it's very interesting. And then again, let me just get it. It just set me up for it. Teddy Roosevelt, man. He's the one that he's the one established the national parks and national forests for one. And then he was known for hunting down these creatures. And there's a lot of theories that they pushed them to these national parks, into these dense zones. And now there's these treaties signed that, hey, whoever goes in these lands, they're open territory. That's like the missing 401 stuff. Of course. Is that like Bigfoot and shit like that going into that kind of shit? And then that, yep. I would explain why in the giant or in the parks, you know, there's like those random giant like watering hole looking things. Like yeah. I've tried to find pictures of them, bro, and they're impossible to find, but I've seen pictures of them. They're like big white, like bathtub looking things in the middle of the fucking forest. Like what reason is that? And it has like water hookup and shit. Like, yeah, they say they say for the deer. Yeah, because what eats the deer? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Like going into the Middle Earth shit, dude. <coughs> um, like as far as the reptilians go, like what's what's like your theory on like reptilians? Do you believe that they're like dwellers of Middle Earth? Do you think they come from somewhere else? Or are you one of the people that believe that they're some type of like energy that needs to like take a vessel in order to like manifest? Yeah, probably a little bit of all of the above. I'm sure there's so many different subspecies of these reptilians. You know, I've seen all the TikTok videos of saying half of Vegas population, half of uh, Los Angeles population is reptilian. They've seen their roommates shape shift. I've heard a lot of the stories about celebrity. I've seen uh, Michael Jordan videos where his arm literally like doubles the size in a game when he throws down a dunk. There's people saying he's a shapeshifter reptilian. Dude, I've seen, I've seen a reptilian myself at the fucking store, dude. I was talking about reptilians with my girlfriend. I turned around. It was during like the beginning of COVID and this lady's wearing a mask and I'm talking about reptilians kind of loud, you know, and this fucking lady's staring at me and I swear to God, dude, I'll put money on this shit. She pulls down her mask. Her face looks kind of reptile like and she pulls it back up and continues and continues talking to who she was talking to. I was like, <laughs> call me that fucking crazy. crazy. That was fucking weird. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to throw that oh, one in there. That, that's that's some wild stuff. And honestly, like the mask whole thing is total BS, of course. Uh, so maybe that is their way to infiltrate now. Maybe maybe the uh, side effects of stuff is going on, and now that now they're starting to show a little bit more. So they have to. Yeah, it's the great. environment, bro. Because they're geoengineering shit to be fucking hotter. This is a theory I was talking about on another show. If they're geoengineering everything to be hotter and more tropical, like that's one perfect for reptilians. And then they're pushing the whole eating bugs concept. Who eats fucking bugs? Reptilians, bro. They're trying to yeah. format the earth for reptilians. Oh, yeah. And all of our favorite singers and athletes are probably reptilians. So I'm, I'm big on that. And so we're all the tribes and there's ancient carvings of these reptile beings. Uh, you know, I came from Ohio. So we got the Loveland Frogman. Uh, which is like a amphibian man type being that holds like this rod as a magic rod. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely think there's something to it. Of course, Middle Earth and the Lost Islands. You know, beyond the ice wall, there's hundreds, there's thousands of continents like Mars and all these planets that they're talking about. They're actually islands. They're mapped out by our military. Uh, so I definitely think, and I've I've seen some crazy videos of you know, uh, I've and Bill Cooper. Uh, talking about it, you know, or was it Bill Cooper or Bill Schneider? Uh, no, Phil Schneider. Yeah. Bill Schneider. He's the one that got lasered by a reptilian uh, in the Dulce Air Air Force Base. And he has like three fingers. It's really crazy. Uh, so, so some crazy stuff like that. And then my buddy, uh, Last Days Now, he gets all these like dark web videos. And I've seen some videos of some reptilians like tearing apart soldiers and stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people say it's fake, but 
Uh, I don't know. There's definitely something to it. Uh, I've, I haven't seen these sci-fi movies that would have required millions of dollars of CGI uh, for it. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. definitely some reptilian crazy stuff. Uh, real quick before we lose the Teddy Roosevelt thing, because it honestly yeah. all connects Middle Earth, National Parks, entrances. You know, it's all the same thing. Uh, but Teddy Roosevelt uh, wrote a lot about the wild man, too. And then there was this a uh, this anonymous story about a trapper that was uh, taken by Bigfoot. And there's a really cool theory that says it was Teddy Roosevelt that, you know, he, he wrote, he, he wrote about it, but it had such crazy details. And he was told, he was told the story, but a lot of people think it was Teddy Roosevelt who was actually kidnapped by the Sasquatch. And then he wrote it like third person. Uh, So it's just wild. Something to dive into. Teddy Roosevelt was, kidnapped by a Sasquatch and wrote about it. Wasn't he the one that they always said was like after hunting bears? So like theoretically, what if they just changed that wording within his old documentation of like him tracking bears and doing shit like this and you just added Bigfoot into all those different principles and then boom, you have this like true story, you know? A hundred percent. There's definitely something to it. And I know a guy that dresses up as Teddy Roosevelt and I, he's a filmmaker and I actually pitched that idea that Teddy Roosevelt was a cryptid hunter and I just pretty much gave him the history lesson right there and he's like man write the script so hopefully one day uh that, that i would, would love to see a that really cool concept honestly okay, i gotta i gotta i gotta do that I, maybe my last few days of my 20s i write this teddy roosevelt cryptid script that this dude john he's a lawyer so he's he's got the money you know if i impress him with that script that movie will get made and jack will be the guy filming it all right, we might have just manifested something, you know, because I it was like I come up with millions of thoughts, you know. But he was actually interested, in it, and he does dress as Teddy Roosevelt, so you can't, you can't, you can't let these opportunities slide by all the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, shit, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, did good, so why not uh, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, Cryptid Hunter? <laughs> do it, dude. I think I'm gonna pitch that, and if Jack don't want to make it, I'm I'll get a camera for my birthday, so I'll <laughs> be the director up. and the writer and the star. Well, I won't play Daddy Roosevelt, but I'll I'll play the ba- I'll play the Bigfoot if we need to. <laughs> you can totally pull it off, bro. Just pull the hair in front oh. of the face. You got it. <laughs> oh, for sure. I uh I don't know if anybody uh I don't know if you, but I know some people some people that are gonna be listening in the future. Uh, there's a video game called Phasmophobia. Uh, it's a game on PC. It's Steam. It's like a a, a collect cooperative uh ghost hunting game that you find clues and you hunt down these spiritual things. And uh, one of the monsters is the mayor, M-A-R-E. And uh, we actually made a short film that we've been talking to the creators of the game. And it's called The Mayor. And I play the mayor. I'm the killer ghost monster. And uh, it's it's funny because that's how I, that's how my character shows a few times. Why, you know, I don't have glasses on, of course. And then my hair's over my face and I just like appear. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that movie to be out. I, uh. I killed one girl that was in the Purge movie. I killed another guy that was in the new Spider-Man movie. Killed another dude that never been in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got throw him in there last. <laughs> yeah, I'm the mayor, man. M A R E, but I should be the M A Y O R. Hey, man, you're the mayor of your own reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I am, man. <laughs> so I got this weird concept since you're into cryptids. I've kind of been digging into it lately. I don't know if anybody else has dug into it, so I don't want to take credit for anything, but it's just a theory that I've kind of been entertaining and working on myself. Um, so going into like, 
Anunnaki origin stories about them creating a slave race in order to do things for them. They talk about how they mixed their DNA with other animals that were already on this planet in order to see what they can make a slave race of. So what if the upright walking two hands, arms, feet is actually Anunnaki DNA where we're looking at it like it's human DNA. And that would explain cryptids, bro. Like Dogman, Sasquatch. It was just different trials that they tried to do that didn't work or that they made certain animals for certain jobs. You know what I mean? Because then you can get into like, they could have theory, theoretically created like mermaids, you know, which would have been like the Anunnaki DNA with fish. And they would try to get gold and different shit from the bottom of the ocean. Then you got like the reptilians or so to speak, that would have been trying to like hollow into the earth to be able to find shit. And then uh, I recently talked to a guy who did a 20 and back, if you're familiar with what that concept is. Um, and he said that he went to Mars and there's these bug like beings on Mars that are just very like base, like do their job, they die. And then the next wave comes kind of a concept. So then that made me question it too, man. What if like we're looking at DNA, like this is the human characteristic, but it's actually the Anunnaki characteristic. And then you mix it with other animals. Cause then you go into like Hinduism. They talk about how they believe that people could have theoretically came from pigs, which would make a lot more sense. Cause then it's like, we're the pig DNA mixed with the Anunnaki to create us. And then the ape DNA with their, with their DNA created like Bigfoot and shit. But like, what are your thoughts on that idea? Yeah, I definitely think it all connects uh, because right now when planet X Nibiru is closest to us, isn't that when everything is surfacing? That's when all these creatures are starting to show themselves right during these times when all is chaotic. Uh, yes, Enki and Enlil, the Euphrates River, uh, the, Sim the Smithsonian uh, definitely hid a bunch of these relics that they you know, found from the Sumerian times that definitely showed all these deities and uh, weird formations that were around the world. And uh, it even connects, like you, you said, in the Hindu, even in uh, the Christian, how they have the Nephilim. It's just the outsiders that came and they mated with, you know, the men and women of this earth and probably the animals, too, uh, or the advanced technology. Uh, but yes, I definitely think that the Sasquatch and us human beings directly correlate with the Anunnaki. Uh, Jeremiah Sitchin, I always thought he was really cool how he translated, uh, and he really had some supernatural thought to it, and a lot of people don't like that aspect, so they just try to shut it down, uh, but I definitely think he's onto something. Uh, I, I think that they maybe created the Sasquatch-type people, these giants, uh, first, and then, you know, they were good for the brute force, but then uh, once the work started to need, need to get a little bit more specific, that's when they added more of their DNA with with those original creations and probably created us. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it all connects. And then the chimera creatures like the dog man, the mermaid creatures, the, even the thunderbirds uh, that sometimes even like Mothman, Owlman, uh, these huge bird type creatures that they say might transform into man or have more uh, man like features than animal. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely think. There's some type of connection with it all. Uh, but, but Even Mothman is like the human DNA mixed with like a moth, you know? Or not human, but Anunnaki DNA. We'll Anunnaki. just word it as that with a moth and then boom, you get Mothman. <laughs> 100%. The Anunnaki DNA too is like angel DNA. And a lot of the, a lot of the Sasquatch DNA uh, that they said is really like the angel DNA. It would cure all diseases. And uh, it's very interesting. And uh, while I'm on it, I might have... Anunnaki Nephilim evidence. You know, we found uh, two pieces or two samples 
of hair, uh, one in the Green Swamp, uh, which is a really famous location near Lakeland, Florida, right in central Florida. Uh, and we found it on a barbed wire fence. There's a big chunk of black hair, uh, but we could see like tan and green a little bit. And we put it under a microscope and it's clear and gray and tan and green and black. Uh, and it doesn't match anything in the known Florida animal kingdom. Uh, and then another place, my ACA, we found this orange and black hair that was on this Native American uh, like setup that was a picnic table with a bunch of other uh, displays. And it was just on, on the corner of it. Weird, weird location. Same thing. We put it on our microscope and uh, it doesn't match anything. And those both of those hairs are uh, being sent off to this college study uh, that Doug, Doug Hycheck from Monster Quest actually kind of helped facilitate all of that. So super excited uh, so that that way, uh, again, we still have some of it. You know, we don't trust in the Freemason lodges and all these universities. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the postage uh, messed it up. We're not that or, naive. Yeah, you didn't have anything. I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden you see some report come out about some like hair they found and shit and they take full credit for it. Yeah. Uh, but, but honestly, the citizen scientist level of it all, uh, me and my friends and my colleagues and my companions that are all Sasquatch researchers, a lot of them have found uh, some type of scat or, or hair. And for us to, you know, be able to, you know, collaborate and see if it correlates, it's very interesting. And a lot of our uh, footage under the microscope looks like what they're finding over in like Oregon and Washington area. And uh, what, one, one howl that we recorded, it's like a singing howl that we recorded up in Alabama. Uh, we sent it to Doug Hycheck, the Monster Quest guy, and he was super impressed by it. He's like, oh, my gosh. He sent it to the Olympic Project, the sound guys from Washington. They're the big, you know, funded Sasquatch research. And uh, our howls, like, directly correlated with the frequencies of the creatures that they're recording uh, so it was kind of breakthrough because they Fuck did not yeah. expect that something from our side of the country uh, to be perfect match, near perfect match uh, to theirs. So it's just it's super wild that, you know, a couple stoners in the woods with some all right tech can, can <laughs> generate the vibes to bring in quality evidence, you know, because I'm more of a natural guy. So now that we've uh, kind of gotten into the Bigfoot concept and you've talked about how you found some solid evidence and stuff. Um, I want to get into encounters. Have you had any uh, personal encounters yourself where you've like physically seen anything or like heard not just noises, but like w in your eyes, like experience something? Yes, I've had a handful of weird stuff happen. Uh, when I was young, when I was 12, uh, we saw the sleepy hollow wolf man. Uh, I don't know if it was a dog man or maybe a Sasquatch gugway. Uh, those are the snouted Sasquatch that have sharp teeth. Uh, it's kind of like a werewolf, but it is a Bigfoot type. Creature. Are those the more aggressive ones? I'm assuming because you know there's like the aggressive Bigfoots, and then there's ones that seem more curious. I'm assuming that like the snouted ones are typically the aggressive ones, right? Yup, the Gugway and the Janasqua are the most dangerous Bigfoot. That's what they say. Uh, I've actually interviewed a guy uh, that said he's killed three Sasquatch and he hunted Gugway and Janasqua. Uh, so it's pretty wild. Of course, it gets a little far fetched. But hey, if you've been down that road, I want to hear it. You know, I'm just a sponge. I absorb what's good for me and whatever else. It just bounces off. It's just water, you know. Oh, for uh, sure. But yeah, when I when I was 12 uh, with my buddies, Jake and Alex, in my first book, I actually had them type out their encounter, too. So it's all typed out, confirmed, uh, and it still feels like a dream still to this day, a million percent. Uh, but 
were at his house. And actually, a couple of weeks before my encounter, they had an encounter uh, during the late evening, but saw it clear as day. They saw a deer-like creature cross the road right in front of them. They were being driven home by a local fireman. He saw it too, uh, but it was on two legs. And then it ran like up a Like a skinwalker type of concept? You know, like the depiction of like with the antlers? It didn't have... I don't think they, they saw antlers. They just saw its big body at first, and they thought deer they never they never said antlers to me or anything so it would have been a younger deer if anything but they just saw something across the street at first you know then they realized it was on two legs and went up this hill that's super steep and then there's this red barn and it went behind the red barn and in that area uh is these caves these cliffs an abandoned drive-in theater and an abandoned swimming hole with a uh, cement block for diving so definitely an area of high vibration, high energy, uh, weird location. In caves, who knows where it leads. Uh, but they always tease me. Hollow like, Earth. Oh. <laughs> Middle Earth, exactly. And dude, we're all just vibrations. You step into the wrong vortex. You know, they literally have Montana vortex that you could pay to go to. And you walk across a flat surface and you will shrink. So there's locations that your body will manipulate. You know, we think we're so stuck but we're actually malleable. We're just vibrating. Like we're all just cells. None of us are actually glued together. We're just cells vibrating at just at such a speed that we think we think we're just one. But there's Montana, there's vortexes out there. So you could just mm-hmm. step in one wrong cave and you could be somewhere else. I've I've read reports, I've narrated reports of people going in in the Appalachia and then ending up in Los Angeles, you know, 2 years later. So you never know what energy can honestly produce. Even like uh, uh, the green children too. You know what I'm talking about? That uh, story about the green children where they like popped up from a cave. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've never heard of them as the green children, but I've definitely heard some like weird, weird stuff. Did they actually have green skin? Yeah, it was from, uh, I believe it's someplace in England or in the UK. And uh, it happened a long fucking time ago. Like the town got named after it. It was probably like 1700s, some shit like that. But pretty much like two green children popped up from a cave and talked about how they basically took a wrong turn don't know where the hell they ended up um they came from a place where like the sky was lit by uh, they they pretty much described like the inside of a cave like a hollow earth type concept and they would only eat like specific food they didn't end up living that long and they literally had like green skin and they talked about how they came from somewhere inside the earth the more you say it it kind of rings a bell you know i've I late, late night, midnight, let the YouTube play, you know, <laughs> but uh, it kind of, it kind of rings a bell. I'm definitely going to look it up a little bit more because anything with middle earth uh, could get me closer to the cookie. But uh, yeah, two, when I was 12 years old, uh, I was with my buddy, Jake and Alex and we're Friday night before a golf league uh, every Saturday. And it was the first time I was sleeping over his house and they were telling me about this story for weeks, like, you know, probably a month or two about they saw the werewolf the wolf man the sleepy hollow wolf man and uh, we've had weird encounters at sleepy hollow with my other buddy matt uh, so i've walked through those woods so the whole area wasn't really new to me but this house was this this whole experience was uh but i was sleeping over alex's house we were downstairs in his basement uh which was super decked out i was just super pumped to be there uh, he had a bar you know for the parents and stuff but uh xbox everything new but a really nice pool table and we were shooting pool for a few hours and we just had like a weird vibe and they describe it as actually physically hearing something. But I believe it was either we were hit by infrasound and we felt it being zapped or it was just 
our instincts, our third eye, just feeling something watching us. But he had those walkout basement doors that's just glass that you just go out onto the patio. So super vulnerable. Uh, so we move over to the side, turn off the lights, and we're looking through this back window. And by the tree line, we see this hulking figure. And uh, he seemed to be down in the den. So he's probably lost about three feet. And he was still eye level with us. So this creature was between five and nine feet tall. Uh, and it all we could see is it's, it's black. It was darker than the darkness and the blackness behind it. Uh, I don't remember seeing its eyes or anything. But the guys said they had glowing eyes. I just still remember being like, oh, it's real. Kind of having like that one moment that I, I kind of doubted them for weeks, you know, thought they were messing with me. And now we had that moment and still kind of thinking like, is this real? Uh, but we, we were frozen and we dive into the steps into fear. And then a couple minutes later, we try to look back and uh, we don't see it anymore. But then the rest of the night. Uh, we're trying to play it normal, watch a movie, and we were so scared. I just remember, like, shaking, curled up, uh, that this thing was going to burst through the glass door. We actually went upstairs and slept. Uh, and then the next morning, his mom is like, why would you guys sleep upstairs? You know, the game room's downstairs. And we're like, we saw a creature in the back. And she's, like, really by the book. And she actually said, I hear man-like owl calls every single night since we've moved in. So she kind of, like, comforted us. Uh, so that kind of really set stuff uh, in motion. And then once I got older, starting to do like mushrooms during blood moon eclipses. Uh, one time we were laying in the back of my yard, uh, me and my buddy Jake, same, same dude. Uh, and it was, I think, blood moon or some kind of like Friday the 13th and a full moon, some kind of crazy 2001 space odyssey moment. Uh, and we were laying out at like 3 a.m. Uh, in my backyard, right by a forested area, right by some pear trees. And we hear this, this thing approach from the other side of my barn. And we thought it was like my cats messing around. So we weren't really paying attention. And then the cats were right next to us, right? Like, oh, maybe it's a deer. And it was really heavy. Uh, so we get up and we're like tripping out. Uh, so we're, we start walking over with a, with a stick and we just get this overwhelming force, like get back. And we just internally surrender and lay down. And uh, we never heard it dissipate. We never, never even thought about it again. Uh, but we definitely think it was a Sasquatch walking out of the woods uh, because in those same woods, uh, I was driving home from family video and I family video, video stores. <laughs> yes. A movie, a movie rental store. And it was after midnight and uh, it's right where prospect road hits Boston road, right at that intersection. And there's a big patch of woods uh, that they said there's a witch's stone in. So those whole woods are, are cursed. Uh, but I was driving and right to Boston Road, like almost like 100 yards, I saw this white creature walk from, I, I saw it dash from probably the middle of the road uh, to the tree line. And it was taking its time, but it moved quickly because it had wide steps, probably like three steps and it was gone. Uh, and it was a white creature. My headlights were right on it. It was like translucent in a way because I could see it's like organs and veins, kind of like it was wet, like it's been underwater for a while. I, I kind of <laughs> think about like the president in the X-Men movie, how he just like walked out of the water. It was like disgusting looking, uh, kind of like the movie, The Descent, those creatures, kind of mm -hmm. like Dobby as a way, uh, just a pale crawler. I don't know if it was emancipated man for for decades or it was something living in the caves across the street from my house. But uh, that was definitely a weird, weird thing to happen. Uh, in the Ohio Valley at my grandparents' house, 
was with Jake again, uh, but I was with my dog Seiko, who's a big black lab, and then two blue healers, Shep and Joey. And blue healers are the cow dogs. You know, they bite the cow do- cows at an- animal ankles so they can round them up. So they're aggressive dogs. And uh, we're laying after a hike right by uh, one of our tree forts. And uh, we hear this like weird screeching noise and something drops out of the tree, like right on our dogs. And uh, we pretty much like book it and the dogs surround there are like screaming. We always called it the bear cat because it looked like this emaciated bear cougar type thing. Uh, now I might think it's like a juvenile dog man or some kind of weird variant of it, but we always called it the bear cat. And if you Google bear cat, it's not that type of creature. It's more like a weak wear bear. Uh, from Dungeons and Dragons, but it was very weird. Uh, the dogs didn't get hurt at all. Uh, my grandparents didn't seem too surprised, so I don't know if they didn't believe us or they knew uh, something was in the woods, but those were some just like weird stuff that happened in Ohio. Of course, Cuyahoga Valley National Park, uh, we definitely had tons of tra- strange smells. That's right where Helltown is, and uh, that's where the grass man is said to roam, and uh, he wrecks like moonshine stills, and uh, there was a couple times that we would go uh, walking towards Blue Hen Falls all the way to Buttermilk Falls. You've got to walk down the creek for like a mile or two. Uh, it takes like 25 minutes. There was times where we would smell something rotted like a dead raccoon, we thought. Uh, so we'd look around for something dead. We wouldn't see it. And then we'd end up going down and, you know, blazing by the, the second waterfall. And then we'd come back and the smell would be gone, totally gone. So where is that dead animal now? Or where was that Sasquatch perched from? So we had many moderate things. Uh, I had a lot of weird ding dong ditch incidents when we were running through the woods, you know, that we think we're running from the police and it's lights and then there's nothing. So it's like something, some kind of energy force was either getting us away or protecting us, you know, maybe, maybe people were crazy and they would have shot us or they would have got us arrested. And maybe the lights were to get, get us away. Cause we ended up just getting back to the tent, you know, pretty safe. So yeah, trying to mimic something just to scare you out where it seems like it's something that you're used to seeing. Yep, exactly. And they, and with kids, you don't even think a second thing of it. Like I remember sneaking into golf courses, same thing. We think we're being chased by the cops and it ends up being nothing. Is it just paranoid or did all three of us have a auditory hallucination at the same exact time? I, I don't know. That's why I'm just down to document it, experience it, and then see if anybody else felt it at the same spot. That's all we, that's all we can do. And that, that was Ohio. Uh, and then down in Florida, I've had a bunch of crazy stuff happen, you know, uh, trees being pushed down, recorded weird howls, weird whoops. Sadly, my cat got killed last year, tore apart. Uh, it could have been a wild panther or something, but honestly, I'm like, damn, did I manifest this from some of these creatures and wild animals, you know, uh, thoughts and everything is everything. We are just water. Everything we think ends up having some kind of, you know, wave out in the world. So you just want to remain pure. Uh, when we were in Alabama, Flat Rock, uh, we were at a place that has heavy activity. They lost some dogs. Uh, they've actually had banging on the side of the house. His mom, who lives next door, actually had the door be opened by a Sasquatch. Uh, one of his videos that he got from the security camera, it got 5 million views on my TikTok. So it was a really heavy place. I had to investigate it. And uh, we were making a documentary called From Fear to Understanding with Matt Williamson from Supernatural Spectrum. Uh, He has a lot of crazy medium abilities. And we opened up a portal uh, to pan 
uh, the hymn of Pan. Uh, we were part of an experience or experiment too uh, with the skunk, skunk ape experiment with uh, Outcast Paranormal where they opened up this portal. And ever since, things have been going crazy. Uh, but the next morning, we were in the green swamp and we did a knocking thing and Sasquatch knocked back to us and we knocked back and it was like a seven minute interaction where we like challenged each other's creativity and it's all on camera, all on video. And that kind of jump-started the uh, documentary. But then we got invited to go to Flat Rock's house uh, and we stayed in a tent. The first people ever to stay out in those woods. And uh, the first night we stayed with a police officer, or ex-police officer, uh, and he was armed to tea. And we recorded, that's when we recorded the howl actually from a distance. Uh, but then he left the next night and then uh, Matt uh, fell asleep before midnight the second night and I was in the other tent. So I was alone basically the whole night uh, with these creatures. And sometime during the night, uh, something ran right past our tent and woke me up kind of, I was like in a daze and I yell, I'm like, Hey, and I wasn't trying to intimidate or anything. I was just trying to get to step one more time so I could just gauge where the heck this creature was. Uh, but we recorded a lot of weird noises uh, with we had w one of the recording devices in his tent and that got really messed up. And then we had one on my table like off of that. And that's we got a bunch of weird howls and like whispers and the samurai chatter, the guttural growls, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, but then he had a remote viewer that actually had people helped on like police cases, like a real professional uh, came in and did a remote viewing of what happened that night. And she said the Sasquatch were there, but it was something beyond the forest that uh, might have abducted him because his tent was like lifted up and stuff the next morning. A lot of crazy stuff. It's <laughs> all part of the documentary. It's in his movie uh, from fear to understanding. That's going to be coming out uh, this winter. I'm super pumped, but survived it. It was wild. But yeah, just a lot of crazy stuff. Torreya State Park where Stacy filmed the uh, skunk ape. We recorded audio of some big creature wading through a creek right below us and then i had one throw a boulder or like a big stone uh on the on the trail behind us when we were taking too long of a break uh but i wasn't scared and it, i was scared to death during the wading incident i was like so scared for some reason and then during the the stone the boulder i was like all right bro we will go you know it's like so it's really interesting uh, different incidents have different vibrations. So different creatures, different environment, different elements. It's all, it's all vibrations. You know, I, I'm sometimes more scared taking my trash out right here in Dogman central than alone in the haunted swamps where the skunk ape has been seen. So it all matters. The, the time, the lunar stage, it all is, it's all in the temp baby. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just even the creatures in general, man. If you're fucking with the dog, man, like, they're a lot more aggressive. You never hear of, like, a friendly dog, man, bro. But you hear of, like, other cryptids having, like, normal interactions where they're not necessarily aggressive. But, yeah, that one hands down. Like, go fuck with the dog, man. <laughs> yeah, our, our town is famous for the wildcat. And I think the wildcat is just a misrepresentation of the dog, man. Because there's a weird dog, man encounter that happened right here in year 2000. Uh, so it's just wild. I'm actually working on kind of like a little documentary for that. And I actually was like brought to tears the other night because one of my friends told me, I don't know why I was brought to tears. I wasn't scared or sad or anything, but it's just so it was like sensory overload. It was like the story I was waiting for. Uh, but he said he was driving on one of these back roads, what I always drive down. And he said he thought he saw some like people, like a whole group of people on the side of the road. 
but then they crossed the road on all fours, like two to four of them. Uh, and I definitely think that was dog man creatures. And I'm like, oh my God, uh, that might've been what killed my cat. Uh, that might be what I see uh, in the peripherals of my vision when I'm driving home uh, late at night from either fishing or hiking or just home from work. So, uh, you know, obviously you've done a lot of like research in the field. Um, say somebody wanted to like become a cryptid hunter themselves. Uh, like how would they go about, uh, doing like the investigations? Like what's like, uh, I guess, like, what do you feel that you need for sure? Um, like, what do you feel that you need to do in order to go about it in order to have a safe experience just all around? Like if anybody was trying to get into cryptid hunting, how would they go out and do some field research themselves? Definitely. It, uh, it starts at home for one thing, definitely, uh, familiarize yourself with, uh, just the local wildlife and the local plant life and, uh, if you have, you know, venomous snakes, definitely prepare your equipment. Uh, always have water. Uh, definitely br bring some type of offering uh, just to balance out the forest. I always bring tobacco and marbles. Uh, so it's a really cool mixture. Every time I feel like a high energy point, I just leave a big pile of tobacco and then a marble right on top. Uh, and I love going back to that point and seeing uh, where the marble is because of course the tobacco is going to go with the weather uh, but the marble is uh, truly magical and then if you can be gifted back super cool but that's next level stuff of course it starts just at home uh, definitely if you want to be sharing your uh, your data uh, have a camera ready of course have a audio recorder just have it on your bag so you don't even gotta, gotta be worrying about it don't be fidgeting just right when you get out of the car turn it on even have it even have it going two minutes before because it, get that you know, forehead you know, gopro <laughs> the, the, the forehead gopro or the chest gopro that's the one i have is the chest gopro so that way you can put your hands in front of it uh because i do a lot of bottle hunting and arrowhead hunting so it's it's perfect having it right on my chest uh but definitely have a camera if you're trying to share your data but right there that is going to be the balance you're going to have to figure out with yourself as a researcher do I go all natural and just connect with the forest and no technology? And, you know, I might experience Bigfoot up close and personal, but I won't be able to share that, that picture. I won't be able to share it or you go all teched out and then Bigfoot senses you from a mile away because you have a bunch of beepers and tripod trifield meters. So again, I, I encourage to change up your style, you know, once in a while, change the variables, but just document it. You know, sometimes go with nothing, just go hiking deep in the forest and do that for you. Then other times have that audio recorder, have all the GoPros going, try field meter, bring your dowsing rods, bring the spirit box, or just download the ne necrophonic app uh, on your phone. There's, there's cool apps nowadays, which, you know, sometimes it's like, eh, well, you know, it's just a phone app, but other times it could actually lead you into it. Cause again, Everything is vibrations. All mm -hmm. this is silly stuff. It's all imaginary in, in somebody's eyes. So, you know, it's as real as we, we want to make it. So I take it very serious and it, it goes far. Uh, but man, just, you know, I, I always have a notebook uh, just in case I have to write something pen. Uh, I tell people where I'm going, like my mom, someone responsible. I've heard too many missing four on one stories nowadays that the first 48, man, it's very important. So you don't want to be missing and no one telling you, you know, no one knows. So uh, just be, be very responsible. Uh, but then 
you don't have to be looking for the hairy man himself. You can be looking for footprints on the trail. You can be looking at tree bends, TP structures, X's, ground glyphs. Uh, the, the evidence comes in multiple forms. And uh, definitely if you have barbed wire in your forested area, definitely search that for hair. Uh, bring gloves and an envelope as well, uh, just in case you do find some kind of uh, cool you know, evidence. I also have plaster in Paris uh, and ca- casting supplies, either in my backpack or in the car uh, ready uh, because making casts is so legendary. I have five or six casts that I've made myself and then I've been gifted like three or four different casts. Uh, I have a handprint cast from my friend Kathy Westerman. She got it in the Ocala National Forest. She actually has a famous Bigfoot picture that's like copyrighted and everything. He's just perched up right there. She took me to the location that she took the picture. She took me to the location where she casted the handprint. And uh, Cliff Brackman uh, from Finding Bigfoot, he actually took her handprint and then made a bunch of duplicates of it, one for his uh, museum out in Oregon and then a couple for Kathy. And Kathy gifted me one. And Jeff Meldrum said there's less than 15 confirmed handprint Sasquatch prints uh, casts. So very, very cool. And I'm honored to, you know, see the location, hold the evidence, see the evidence. Very cool. Uh, but sometimes some of these some of these casts, they have Sasquatch hair in them, too. Uh, and I've done tons of videos on my YouTube where I interview people uh, and they, you know, show their DNA evidence of hair wads or their uh, their scat. So a lot of cool stuff. So uh, I guess like what's like the main thing that you seem to find like when you're looking for bigfoot specifically is it like the poop is it the footprints is it the hair like what's what's like the main thing that if somebody was like all right this is the main first thing i need to look for what would it be uh definitely footprints here in the swamp uh but a lot of my locations is uh sandy areas so not good locations to be casting footprints but uh, after a good storm is when i like to go hike because then it's just fresh and if something's been trampling through uh, that muddy water the night before that I'm going to see it. Uh, I definitely look for animal bones as well. And you can examine the animal bones to see if they have scratches or bite marks on them, or if they've been broken or, you know, twisted in some ways uh, in Alabama and flat rock, we found the killing field where we found deer like twisted and put up into trees and stuff. It was like a marked area uh, that they would bring things. Uh, and looking so at that logically, it's like there's nothing else in nature that would physically be able to do that besides something that has the ability to like twist their hands opposite, which is very human-esque or as we were saying earlier in the show, Anunnaki possibly DNA material. So it's like think about what's there. The only thing that may logically make sense for a killing field like that would be like some type of Bigfoot or Dogman or something in that field of creatures. Yeah, uh, I don't think big cougar or bear they can't twist, but they can go up in trees and maybe they can lodge it. But this seemed like it was like deliberately set. Uh, the twisting bones for sure, though, is the weird part that stuck out to me in that one. Oh, for sure. And that's just what I've seen with my own eyes. You know what I've concurred with, you know, 15 other researchers. They've seen it in the Adirondack Mountains in New York, Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, out in Minnesota, all the lakes. Uh, and even weird locations like the Mogollon Rim, uh, where people think it's mostly desert, but there is there's forest uh, in Arizona, of course, too. So uh, also, since we've been kind of on the Bigfoot conversation, 
Uh, there's a lot of different theories on Bigfoot, like whether he's interdimensional, physical, um, something spiritual. Um, from like your research, man, like what, what's what's the theory that you sway the most towards? Because I don't want to say anything set in stone, of course, but like what do you sway towards? Yeah, well, you've heard it before uh, with the energy. Everything is particle and waveform. And those beings, I definitely think, are way more in tune with their energy, their frequency. Uh, so they can definitely uh, tap into their waveform a little easier. Uh, but like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you have to master that art and craft. And I think it's high-level leaders and chiefs uh, that would only be accessible to that. Because there is law in the land of these forest people. That's what they call themselves, the people. They are the people of Earth. We are we're the little naked, hairy people to them. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think they're interdimensional, spiritual, paranormal, supernatural. But I also think you and I are too. So that's just in this realm. That's just earth. That's just possibilities. Uh, but I definitely think they are one with nature. They have infrasound, just like big cats, echolocating like bats and like whales. Uh, they might be able to use camouflage. Uh, like the predator or like octopuses, uh, but also like these monkeys, white monkeys, if you see them in the jungle, they do start to turn green. Uh, so their hair, the way it's hollow and the way it's clear under a microscope, it just takes what color is behind it, kind of like the moon. It takes the color of what's behind it. Uh, but like polar bears, you know, they're, they're not actually white. Uh, they just take the color of what's behind them. It's, it's amazing. Uh, but I'm, Definitely in their supernatural and have magical abilities, but that's not far from who we are. Uh, but there's been so many stories of telepathy and them able to disappear, uh, footprints that just magically end. Uh, so there's definitely something at play. They are not monkeys. They're not gigantopithecus. No, they're human hybrids. They, they actually have mated with human beings. So I don't think they're monkeys unless, you know, that's possible, but that's some chimera Anunnaki stuff, you know? Have you ever uh, dug into like the Yowie stuff as far as like Australia goes? Oh or yeah. I've listened to every episode of Yowie hunters. I love those, those crazy people, man. Uh, but yeah, man, the Yowie hunt Yowies and the bunny yip is another crazy, like aquatic type creature out in Australia. I love hearing those stories. Uh, it's very interesting hearing other English speaking people talk about their crazy traumatic events because you hear the truth in their voice and it's a different dialect than us. So it's very enlightening. Uh, but I, I love it. There's a place called the Pilaga scrub that literally truckers don't even drive through at night. Cause it's so scary. Cause there's so many Yowie and uh, they just tear apart kangaroo. Uh, Dude, their, so their stories are a lot more prevalent too. Like I feel like most people I've talked to are from Australia. Almost like everybody has some Yowie story. They've seen footprints. Like it's so much more prevalent there. And I feel like they're just, if there's a mass area where there's more Yowie that or more Bigfoot type creatures than anywhere in the world, I feel like it's definitely Australia. And like the reason I asked in the first place is because it uh goes back to a lot of like Aboriginal legends about them being like protectors of nature or being able to like cross the veil. So like, that's kind of like something I've kind of wondered is if that's where the interdimensional concept kind of comes into, or if it's a matter of, uh, I was talking about this on another show with somebody that like we can only perceive so much light. We can only perceive so much sound. So what if like they're talking, we're only picking up the levels that we can pick up, but there actually is a lot more depth to their talking. And same with like their physical appearance. Like what if it's not even that they go invisible, but maybe they are able to 
slightly alter their color into a color that's not visible by human light spectrum. And that's where they disappear at is that they're not really gone. They're not really doing anything super fucking crazy. They just have the ability to just like a chameleon or like an octopus, like you were saying, change colors, but into a color that we can't perceive because there's something beyond or something that's, you know, just something that's beyond our realm of understanding to begin with. Exactly. And that's how you naturally explain the supernatural. Because that's what I honestly think is happening. And that's probably the blur or the glimmer that we see like the Predator movie. That's what's creating uh, just like how dogs and cats can see these creatures. But maybe we can't because they can see 26 times the colors that we can. Of course, when you go under these psychedelic transes, we can see energy around us. Maybe they're in that deep trance of this Earth-like being all the time so they just see the real world i definitely think it all connects with consciousness they can they can you know read us just like a book as well uh so i think they're going to be a little bit more open and more curious towards people like us who are maybe a little bit more closer with the one of the nature of the land mother it's all it's all man and that's why i think that i have gained ground uh with these creatures and uh, I, I think you're definitely onto something with the color and they, they are masters of light of the grid. They know how to, you know, play, play with it all colors. So I, I think they've been here longer than us. And once you're home, you, uh, you can blend in. Honestly. And then the other kind of theory that kind of falls into it too, is that they could be a different variation of us to begin with, where it's not necessarily a missing link, but it's a different evolutionary path. Um, because they just like, trying to figure out how to word exactly what I was trying to say. Like they, um, they adapted differently from like where we are, where we all may have started off on the same basic point, And then they turned into this more nat- nature based creature. And we kind of went into these more of like pack living type creatures um, just because of the aspect of like, uh, like the best way to describe it, I guess would be like the boar concept where like, if you put a pig out in the wild, they start developing, characteristics that are more boar like because that's what they need in order to adapt to that environment so if you took a person and you leave them near a city where they don't need to have extra hair for protection different things like that we're going to start losing hair we're going to adapt to be more intended to live in packs or in cities um where there could be these wild men so to speak where they just evolved generation 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 to adapt to be able to live in those environments and the reason they developed hair is for protection more than anything because realistically you're going through the woods if you're talking about evolution, like there wouldn't make sense for something to be hairless because you would get scratched by every single branch you walk past. Yeah, I definitely, I think it, I definitely think it all connects. Uh, I, I definitely think there was some kind of branch off because there's so many stories out there of like Zana, the ape lady that they caught this Sasquatch woman in Russia and then they mated with her. And the first two children, uh, she dipped in the freezing river and steadily passed away. Uh, the third, the third son they took from her and they actually raised up and they have pictures of him and he has a different type of skull and he was a little hairy. Uh, so these creatures definitely can mate, mate with us. And uh, there's so many other stories of in the Tennessee mountains, these feral type beings. And I think it's really interesting with the generations that maybe in ancient times, that's where the branch went off. But then in more of like, you know, maybe 90 years ago, all these feral people started, you know, going off to the woods and there's reports of them being a little hairy and then having plants growing off of them. So they're like the middle ground of the Sasquatch. And there's a lot of theories that they try to join these Sasquatch tribes and 
there's wars in the Appalachian Mountains and people are hunting down feral people who killed Dennis Martin. It all connects, man. But yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. And they are definitely human hybrids. Like they mate with humans. They, you know, have kidnapped human women in the past. David Politis, who wrote the Missing 401 books, his, his book Hoopa Bigfoot or the Hoopa Tribe uh, is in California. The Hoopa people in the 1900s lived with the Sasquatch. And uh, one of the Sasquatch ended up like trying to kidnap one of the chief's daughters or something in a late night. Uh, and then they were banished away to the mountains. So this is in the modern times. Like, you know, there was the Cleveland Indians baseball team was before this incident. So it's, it's crazy that uh, some of this feels so ancient, but you know, Bigfoot is, is not that far away. And one of my favorite books is 50 years with Bigfoot by Mary green about the Carter farm. Grandpa Carter found Fox, this baby Bigfoot that was crushed by a tree, uh, ended up thinking it was a baby, baby kid, and then brought it into his house. He tore up the house. So they built a stable for it out in the barn. Then a couple days later, Fox's real Bigfoot parents come in, rip it apart, free Fox. They live in the nearby woods for a few years. The parents end up leaving. Fox stays there for decades, 50 years, raises a family brings a female Sasquatch, ends up having children. Uh, one of the female Sasquatch children were really nice. One of them was a male. His name Blackie ended up kidnapping a girl, almost killing her. Really crazy. It ended up being too strong that Fox couldn't battle him off. It was too late. Really cool. There's audiobooks, uh, and the book is, is amazing, phenomenal. But Janice Carter, the granddaughter, grew up you know, raising these Bigfoot, uh, feeding these Bigfoot, and I am going to be camping with her in October. I'm hosting a camp out uh, in Kohutta Mountain, and Kohutta translates to Big Frog. So how I've been, you know, marketing it, I'm like, come camp with me on the back of a mud fossil, the Big Frog. Uh, but yeah, last year we we camped there, and it was really crazy. We had multiple t- multiple tents of people uh, report incidents and encounters through the night and weird noises come from the cliffside. And then the, the year before Janice Carter, uh, she actually cut it short because the Bigfoot told her that dog men were coming in and they were very upset. Uh, so things get really wild when you're up in Tennessee mountains, but it's just really cool when you could be inspired by a book that, you know, is 50 years ago and then you end up camping with, the people that are the source of the book. So uh, it's just all the more reason for me to continue following my path. Okay, yeah, dude. And that's what it's all about. Just following your path. So I guess to play it safe, um, just for the sake of, uh, we're starting to have a little bit of uh, audio visual issues here. Um, we'll have to definitely do a part two episode. So maybe start wrapping up at this point and then it just gives us more stuff to talk about next time, man. Oh yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I'm glad the stars aligned here. And of course, you know, the matrix had to get, infiltrated you know agent smith knew we were dropping too much knowledge so had (laughs) tried to zap us but not even gonna slow us down just gonna multiply us that's what happens uh but yeah i'm connor flynn bigfoot and non uh please follow me on my youtube i drop a weekly video uh and i premiere it so it's really cool because everybody in the community gets to talk and it's a chat room and we uh, discuss, you know, conspiracy theories and uh, what's going on in the video. So it's really cool. I'm actually going to be premiering a video tomorrow. Uh, my first cryptid encounter anonymous uh, video. It's like 50 minutes of me just reading off uh, anonymous encounters that I have compiled uh, from my internet and 
uh, all my emails in the past. Uh, but I'm super pumped about that. Uh, follow me on TikTok. I release new evidence every day that I investigate and track down from all around the world. I have 92,000 followers, about to hit 100K here soon. Fuck uh, yeah, super dude. Dope. Congrats. Thank you, bro. I uh, I go live on TikTok pretty often, uh, and I've casted footprints. I have you know found weird sounds. We've recorded knocks live on TikTok. I've had like ten thousand people watching me hike on a Sunday. Uh, so all the new the old timers can complain about the new wave, but no matter what, we reach in the masses. People are people. You know, a lot of people tease me and say it's it's just TikTok. People are people. You know, ninety two thousand people. That's like. That's Cowboy Stadium and a half walking behind me, you know, with Bigfoot. Fuck so, yeah, dude. So it's it's definitely uh it's it's empowering, uh, but it's also it's me and them. It's us against the world, uh, trying to uncover these truths. Uh, I want everybody to check out my new documentary. It's called Panhandle Monsters. It's free on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, my new werewolf movie that I'm the main character of. It's called The Void Cat. That's free on YouTube. Please check that out. Uh, we are filming the sequel here soon. So pumped. The world is about to explode. Uh, my other movie, Zilla Foot, is free on Amazon Prime. Go watch that. It is so bad. It's good. My parts are good, though. Uh, it is also in Walmart, Best Buy, FYE. Uh, but watch it on Prime. I don't get anything for you buying it. It's just cool to have. Uh, then I am going to be in a, uh, a feature length horror movie being filmed in Tallahassee in October. I'm just going to be extra, but I'm super pumped about that. Uh, we're filming this weekend, a bunch of weird drifter scenes. Uh, I just got a bunch of projects going. My new book is coming out next month. I'm uh, just, just pumped to be everywhere and anywhere. Uh, going to be speaking at the North Florida Paracon, October 22nd in Tallahassee with a bunch of legends, Stacy Brown, RPG from Expedition Bigfoot, Bill Brock, he lives in the Conjuring House. Uh, Chaz of the Dead, he fucking love Chaz out. of the Dead. He's been on the show twice, actually. Oh, dude, Chaz is my homie, man. Whenever I'm at conferences, me and Chaz are outside getting blazed, you know. And we're just and and people could be judging us through the windows, but guess what? We're making videos for TikTok that hit 100k. You know, we we were out there blazing by the uh, Punta Gorda Harbor last time, and I know some people are like, oh, look at those, look at those slackers. And then, no, we made a video about the Punta Gorda turtle, and that video blew up for me. So it's like, <laughs> even when I'm on my mischievous nonsense, it's all business. Uh, but yeah, Chaz of the Dead is the homie, bro. Uh, I, I love him. Hopefully he's coming uh, to, to camp right here on this couch uh, after we speak, because he's one of the speakers, speakers too. I'm going to show him the Garden of Eden and Bellamy Bridge and a bunch of cool stories around here. Uh, but yeah, Chaz is Chaz is the homie, man. I, I love that because I, I heard him on some random podcast. I'm like, dude, this dude is awesome. And then I was speaking at the Great Florida Bigfoot Conference and he comes up to my table. I'm like, oh, Chaz is dead. And uh, we've been boys ever since, man. Ever since we went out to the parking lot and got blitzed and boozed. Uh, it was awesome. But uh, I, I, I love it. I love the positivity. I'm hosting that camp out the week before that, October 15th uh, in Tennessee. If anybody wants to go, it's Copper Hill, Tennessee, Thunder Rock Campground. Bunch of people uh, already got their campsites. I'm campsite 18, uh, right by the river. So we're going to be uh, looking for Altamaha, which is a Georgia serpent-type creature. 
Uh, but then we're going to be messing with the uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, Wild Beasts as well, too. So just really excited about the future and the history and everything. And I'm glad we uh, aligned with the planets today. Uh, but, man, it's it's a dark world out there. So definitely c- carry your light, man, because a little candle can illuminate the darkest cavern. And uh, I'm all about it. And uh, just trying to break as many facts as I can uh, you know, with the spearhead of this new era in the paranormal world. And I know you're a young fella too. So we got to be this new era of, of it all. Cause all these old timers that keep getting these conference placements, they going they're going to be done soon. They in that retirement home, bro. Uh, so it's our, it's our time here soon. So I'm super excited about that. Definitely keep on with yours and, uh, you know, just carry that light. And if you ever want to come down to Florida, you got a place to stay, bro. Dude, I appreciate it, man, because I'm hoping to do some traveling here. I got two kids right now. Um, my daughter's seven. Uh, my son's seven months. Um, once they get a little bit older, I'm hoping to kind of expand into that kind of shit more. Um, I actually started up another show called Bizarre Encounters with my boy uh, Ghost from My Third Eye Podcast. Shout out to him. Um, so we're starting to dig more into like the cryptid concepts. We're hoping to, uh, like I do my show which is a good variety kind of t- show about touching into a many topics, but I'm starting to want to branch more into like the cryptid hunting cryptid aspect. So, you know, expect, hopefully I'll pop more up on the scene. Hopefully I can bullshit with uh, you and Chaz one day. Um, maybe I can start writing my own stuff. Cause coming from, you know, somebody who's like-minded, I, I read a lot of poetry, do a lot of stuff like that. So I do have that writing concept. So I'm hoping to branch out more into not just podcasting, but starting to get into like the cryptid research too. So like you're saying, man, hopefully we can all meet up, make some friends, make the new generation of shit. I'm 28, so, you know, we're on the same age, man. So make that new generation of just the push to discover and figure things out and get rid of that old world idea concept where you try to ground things into being into science that already exists. And we can just explore into this whole new science concept and throw the old principles out the window and figure shit out, man. For sure. Our principles are way older than their old principles. Ours are ancient we're trying to get in touch with what the ancient africans the sumerians what the native americans you know they were around fires drinking potions playing music attracting vibrations and that that's what we're trying to do you know uh no no creature that is curious is going to look for some square they're going to be interested in some cosmic being so we could just be a reflection of our creator and uh just walk with that light uh, so I'm, I'm super pumped for it, man. Uh, you and Chad Smith and Big Willie, definitely going to link up. I, I, I'm already visualizing it. Uh, but yeah, man, June, that's the next time I'll be in Ohio that I can plan on the guarantee. Uh, so definitely see you then. Uh, but Fuck man, I, I, can't, I can't wait to make it up to Detroit too. I can't wait to be back at the shelter, get back freestyling right where B-Rabbit was, uh, yeah. right where Houdini dang fell ill. Uh, but yeah, we got to check out that Masonic Lodge, bro. But if you can, please watch Lost River as soon as possible because Ryan Gosling, that's his directorial debut. Uh, and he's from Canada, right across the river, you know. So he had this Canadian view of this gothic Detroit growing up. So he made the movie about that. Uh, and you being a native, it will be really cool for you to experience it. Uh, but one really cool thing is it's called Lost River about a cursed town underneath a flooded you know pond lake man-made lake and uh i grew up my family had a trailer on tappan lake and the same thing it used to be a town and then they built a reservoir and it's a underneath uh so it's really cursed and 
our trailer ended up getting broken into and totally stripped like for copper and everything. So it was either some crackhead or some evil force or <laughs> trolls, uh, but just really crazy. And that always stuck out to me. So uh, Lost River is close to my heart. Uh, and as a Bowling Green Falcon, you know, I didn't graduate from there, but, uh, you know, I'm right next to the Michigan line. So we definitely bros. Fuck yeah, dude. And uh, we're definitely going to hopefully do a lot more in the future together, man. And I'm looking forward to it. For sure. For sure. I got to link you up with my dude, Evan, too, from Occult 45. Honestly, you and him are like doppelgangers, but definitely have the same vibes. Uh, and it's all just energy and positivity. Uh, definitely. I want to hit some uh, sensory deprivation tanks here soon. Oh, so yeah, I'm me too. <laughs> doing some some crazy psychedelic uh, research here soon. And I know you're you're a lot into like the mysteries of the mind. And I just want to say as a cryptid researcher who's neck deep in this and who does a lot of research, consciousness and psychedelics are right, right in it with cryptids and paranormal. So dude, it's all one. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to you doing more about the cryptids and seeing you in more shows and uh, talking to my friend, you know, because you're, you're a cool MF. Fuck yeah, dude. I appreciate it. Same to you, man. And I'll have to get you to come on my other show too, man, because uh, Bizarre Encounters would be a perfect place for you. And I'd love for you to meet Ghost too, because he's also pretty like-minded. Heck yeah, man. I'm up for it. And uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, my show, Paranormal Highway. I'm a co-host on there uh, through the week. We do a new show. It's really cool. Eric is the co-host. Uh, he's from Seattle. You can see Mount Rainier from his backyard. Mystic 401 freaking Mecca right there. Uh, but he has a really cool show. It's an hour show. And it's like a news broadcast. So we're news anchors. And uh, we display like three UFO, three cryptid videos, uh, three paranormal videos, and then a Mandela effect at the end of the show. Uh, and we do that through the week. So it's like a paranormal news show freaking awesome paranormal highway but then we just did a three-part cartoon series uh recently and uh it's so cool because all the voice actors are different youtubers in the paranormal realm but me and eric are like animated in it and uh, we've done three episodes and it covers dinosaurs pyramids atlantis indiana jones uh all all paranormal stuff in alien abductions wormholes it's really cool. So if anybody wants to check that out, definitely do so. Paranormal Highway, Bigfoot and Nine, Panhandle Monsters. I do it all. Uh, if you don't like my voice, read my books. Uh, <laughs> if you don't like my voice, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if if you want to get it, let's get it. You know, look up my name on YouTube to C. Flynn versus Craig Peters. Six seconds. He needed plastic surgery spinning back fist. so i'm all about pushing your body to the limit your mind to the limit we gotta be gladiators bully the bullies where are the skeptics of drafts nowadays you know that's how i want to treat you know skeptic as a sasquatch there's mountains of evidence get the f out of here if you want to be too blind you got to have your ear hands over your ears your eyes closed uh if you're still denying that there's something else out Fuck yeah, dude. And I guess we've kind of been hitting it a little bit. Um, you already did your info so people can come find you, but uh, I always like to leave with uh, words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So you kind of were touching on a little bit, but if you had to solid in stone, say some words of wisdom, what would they be, man? Yeah, One of my favorite lines is coincidence is the only thing to never exist. So like, that's, that's so cool. You know, three headed dragons, 
whatever. It all existed. Coincidence is the only thing that never exists. It's just a word for some kind of meaning. Everything's related. Coincidences don't exist. But don't let anybody bully you. Don't let anybody talk you off your mountain. Uh, I have best friends that have opposing views. It doesn't sway me. What I know, what I have felt, what I have seen is who I am. Uh, same for them. Uh, so don't let anybody change. Don't change for nobody. Uh, watch movies. Don't be programmed by them. Uh, have idols, but don't don't false worship. Uh, don't fall for any propaganda of the system. Stay natural. Uh, don't fall for any of the BS that uh, this Amer the new American way. Uh, remember where you came from, uh, because that's where we're going. Fuck yeah, dude. Perfect words to leave on. Um, I appreciate you making the time to come on the show. Really looking forward to our next interaction. And uh, just all around, thanks, man. Thanks for being you. Thanks for telling your story. Thank you for having me, bro. And uh, people, push the limits of your reality. You know, next Blood Moon, do LSD, because I'm going to be. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll join you on that one too, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, guys, the second you die, the, the exact moment you die, your pineal gland, your third eye, it just floods with dimethyltryptamine, the stuff that makes us dream. So do not be scared of death. Do not be scared of the afterlife. We might already be in it, but it's all natural. Uh, just don't, don't run to it. Take your time. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, to all the listeners uh, that enjoyed the conversation, um, I guess we'll just have to look for more stuff in the future. And uh, I guess I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.